Give me the happy Sabbath, everybody. Are you glad to be in God's house just one more time? Are you glad that you woke up on this side of the dirt? Come on, somebody. Are you excited about God? Oh, let's magnify him. It's all right to worship him in the beauty of holiness. I am so excited, so elated. I'm so stoked this morning. God has been so good to me this week. You don't know like I know what God has done for me. You can't tell it like I can tell it. The way God has been good to me. Oh, I don't know about you. Amen. Be seated. I'm going to slow down. Hallelujah. I'm about to get out of myself right now, right quick. That's all right. 
Woo, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. <laughs> God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good. And we serve an amazing God. We just want to take a time, take a pause for the cause and welcome all of you who are visiting with us. Amen. Let's put our hands together. It's okay. It's all right. We want to welcome all of you who are viewing us online. We welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise. That's what we do here. You know, if, if, if we don't do praise in the house, then we're not living up to our name. Come on, somebody. Tabernacle of Praise. So if you didn't come here to praise him, if you didn't come here to magnify <laughs> Amen. I'm so excited today. God has been so good to me. He woke me up this morning. I had a little pain. I've been, been a little, little stiff. Amen. I've been a little stiff, Elder. I was out skating at the little outdoor That's skating right. rink. Yes, sir. Come on, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Rolling for Jesus. Rolling for Jesus. And I went home and soaked and got up the next morning, Elder, yes, and my shoulder was hurt. <laughs> My back was hurting, and I'm walking through the house, and I'm telling my wife, I said, I'm so sore. I just don't understand. Am I getting old? She said, no, honey, you went skating. <laughs> I said, thank you. I'd rather forward to be the skating than the age. Come on, somebody. But I'm glad that I'm able to be here today. We want to welcome you to Tabernacle of Praise, all of our family and friends that's viewing us online. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're here to just worship and magnify him. We have family members that are viewing us all the way from Mississippi. Right. You know, I get phone calls. Come on, that's all right. I get phone calls, and individuals are sharing with me that they have family members that are viewing our service in um, Mississippi. They're viewing us in Indianapolis, my hometown. Amen. Amen. They're viewing us all over the place. I've even went on our email. Amen. And there is a young lady that has been visiting with us all the way in Africa. Amen. So we want to just take a pause and say welcome to the Tabernacle of Praise. We have some family and friends that are visiting with us today. We want to say welcome to you as well. Um, we serve a mighty God. That's what we do here. We just lift up the name of Jesus. We just love the Lord. So forgive us if we act a little out of character. That's just because God has been so good to us. And the truth of the matter is, if we just act the way we're supposed to, that's right. when we walk with a smile, with a frown on our face, you say you're, not in, you're, you're acting out of character. When you're walking around with your head hanging down, you're, 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 you're acting out of character. See, if we jump and shout everywhere we go, we're acting in character. But we have gotten to the point where if we not, if we shouting and jumping and screaming, now we not, I don't think we're going to be jumping over no pews, Sister Belvin, so I'm asking. Hold your mute. Don't, don't, we're not going to do the pews. But we're going to worship God in the house today, amen. So we just want you to bow your heads with me as I just offer a word of prayer. Father God, again, we're so thankful. We're so honored. We're so blessed. We're so privileged to be able to come to you this morning. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquered. So we thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We do have an a, a, a individual that we want to go ahead and move on into the fellowship. Amen. Um, Brother Carlos Ford. Amen. 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 Brother Carlos Ford has 
has come into the house and he said, I don't want to leave the house. Lock the doors and shut the windows. <laughs> this is the place to be. So we want to welcome you to the family, Brother Carlos. And, and, and he's not just a member now. He didn't just, he's already on his post. He's already holding it down in the deacon spot on his post. He came in serving. Set the tone, Doc. Set the tone. We praise God for you for being a part of the family. So we're going to ask um, Brother Carlos at the end of the service, if you will follow my wife and I out, we want to extend to you that right hand of fellowship or the left, right elbow, depending on how, how the... Wanna, how the spirit moves. <laughs> right here, the high five, the brother, you know. But but if you can follow us out at the end of the service, we do want to extend to you that fellowship. Again, we worship them and magnify God in this house because this is truly his house. Um, we have a couple of things that will be coming up down the road. We just want you to mark your calendars for um, April the 2nd where we'll have our youth federation in the house. We praise God for that. Also, we will have... Um, uh, in March the, the 18th, we have a um, prayer conference that will be taking place at our sister church at Northside. So we want you to mark your calendars for those special dates. And also, of course, in the end of July, we'll have our camp meeting celebrating 75 years. And so we'll be in Kansas City celebrating. So we praise God for all that he's doing, all that he has done, and all that he is going to do um, in the lives of his people. Just enjoy the fellowship. We thank God for you. Um, and we magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the pastor already got it started about the reason that we love the Lord. As we sing the song, I want you to think about your own personal reason of why you love God.
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love the Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He is truly worthy of all the praise as we gather our hearts and our minds as we approach God's throne. We know that we serve a God that not only do we love him, but he loves us. Thank you, Lord. So much so that he gave his life. Thank you, Lord. That we may have life. And not just have life, but to have it more abundantly. And so we want to come together as we approach God's throne. We want to remember those that are battling with health challenges. We want to remember um, Anthony Johnson, a young man uh, that I had the privilege of meeting this week. We want to keep him in prayer. We want to also remember uh, my friend in Indianapolis, Brother Kenneth Houston. We want to keep him lifted up in prayer. Um, I did let them know that we would be announcing their names so that they are not a, uh, feel some kind of way because we are alive on the internet. Yeah, all right. But prayer is powerful. Oh, yes. Nice. Oh, yes. Much prayer, much power. Uh -huh. Little prayer, little power. We also want to remember our very own Sister Rose as well as yes, we yes. keep her lifted up and others that are dealing with health challenges and health issues, family struggles, and the cares of this world that seems to be so overwhelming that our young folk are taking their lives. And so we want to remember our youth as we approach God's throne. So if you're able to kneel, if you're able to bow, we ask that you would do that reverently as we approach God's throne. It is prayer time. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged, we're so honored to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath morning. Recognizing God and understanding that it's not by power nor by might, but it's by your spirit that have drawn us to this place today. You woke us up. You started us on our way. You gave us traveling mercy. But not only that, God, you covered us through the night. While the sirens was going around the neighborhood and police chases was going on through neighborhoods and things were happening late in the midnight hour while we were in our beds resting you covered us you kept us safe in our own homes and you woke us up father refreshed and renewed and, and now we're here in this special place thank you for those that are viewing us online God thank you father God for their faithfulness their dedication and their commitment we pray now, oh God, under the sound of my voice that you will move on their circumstances. I don't know it all and don't need to know it all, but you do. Because you're that kind of God that nothing gets by you, that you see everything. Even before it unfolds, you've already dealt with it. So help us to walk by faith and not by sight, believing that you have it all under control. Cover our family that's online, viewing. be with them financially, be with them spiritually, emotionally, oh God. We ask that you would be with our family here in the sanctuary. Those that have visiting, that are visiting with us, that you will cover and keep them. Let them not leave here, God, the same way they came. Let them leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. We're asking, God, that you will cover those that are battling with health challenges this morning. 
pray for Brother Anthony Lamont Johnson in the name of Jesus. That you will cover him and keep him during his time of need. You know what it is, God. We don't need to name all the ins and outs, but, but you see him, you know him. Before he was even formed in his mother's womb, you've already devised a plan. We pray your covering over him today, oh God. We also ask that you will cover Kenneth Houston right now, oh God. That you will let him know that he is your child. And that he is yours and that he belongs to you and you belong to him. And Father, as he goes through his challenges and the, the things that's pressing his mind with his health, that you will let him know that you are the mind regulator, that you are the heart fixer, and that you have it all worked out. Let him trust you, God. Teach him to trust you. Teach him to lean on you, God. Let him see you, Father God, for himself. We ask also that you will cover Sister Rose today has suffered a blow to her family not just this month not just last month not just the month before that but father we can go all the way back to thanksgiving so we ask that you will cover her today we ask that you will walk with her and talk with her and let her know that she belongs to you and, and you belong to her oh god we understand and know father god that there is power when we call on your name that you're the kind of God that not just hear us when we call, but, yes. but you are a God that responds and you answer yes. us. And so we're so blessed and favored today, oh God. And my soul is so rejoicing. My soul is so excited. I'm, I'm just thankful that I know you, God. I thank you uh, that you blessed us today, oh God, to be able to come in this place of worship. We pray for those family members today that are battling with loss, loved ones as well. Be with the service today. If there's anything I've overlooked, be with the Pruitt family. If out there, over thing I overlooked, cover my family. Cover this blessed sanctuary. Cover this blessed choir, this blessed praise team. Shower down your anointing on their voices. On their voices. Be with the musicians, oh God. Cover their gifts in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, God, we belong to you. The enemy has no foothold in this place. But all that we do, we do because of our love for you. We bless you, we honor you today, oh God, and we give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen, amen. again. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Sabbath to everyone. The pastor had mentioned about how our youth are struggling in the world today, and I just want to remind you that uh, the Children's Service Fund and Save Our Youth are offering free mental health counseling for youth ages 5 to 19, and the number you need to call is 314-850-7476, and you can see me afterward. Totally free counseling, mental health counseling, youth ages 5 to 19. Don't miss the opportunity. Many times our people, and you know who I mean, just avoid any kind of therapy or counseling, but it can truly save your life or someone's life that you know. For our stewardship nugget today, of course, stewardship being proper use of our time, talent, tip, and treasure, I mentioned last time about the Olympics, about how the Olympic athletes sacrifice and strive and struggle and work hard and put aside every weight that so easily besets them to win that prize. Uh -huh. 
But as spiritual Olympians, we have to do the same thing for the service of God. Amen. Give our time, talent, temple, and treasure for the Lord's work. And as I was watching the Olympics, the Olympics came to a close, and then they had the part what they call the closing scenes of the Olympics, where all the athletes, all the participants marched in, and they came in with their beautiful different colors and different robes and different uh, outfits, and everybody was cheering and waving, and there was a lot of fanfare, and they gave out all the rewards, and it was beautiful. And it reminded me that we're entering the closing scenes of Earth's history, and this is the spiritual Olympics that we're in right now. And when Christ takes all of his Olympians back to glory, we're all going to march in and we'll have our different robes and there'll be a lot of fanfare and there'll be all this applause and the rewards will be given out. But it's only for spiritual Olympians. Those are the people who have shared their time, talent, temple, and treasure for the glory of God. Those are the people who have struggled, who have sacrificed, who have trusted in the Lord with all their heart. I want to be there, don't you? Through faith in Christ and through his indwelling of his Holy Spirit, he is going to bless all of his spiritual Olympians to stand there with that crown of gold and and reign with him forever and ever. But we have our part to play. God's always doing his part. He is faithful. We have to always ask ourselves, are we being faithful? Are we faithful in sharing our time, talent, temple, and treasure with the Lord and telling all those around us about his goodness, his mercy, and his glory. Also mentioned was our uh, use of our our treasure to service God, to keep the lights on in here, to keep the doors open, to keep the heat going and the air to to come in the summer. We thank you all for being so faithful in returning your tithe and offering. Even during the pandemic, we've been able to meet our goals, to meet our utility bills, to keep the doors open, and to serve God's people. So we would just want to thank you for that. And as our deacons come forward this morning to lift the morning's tithe and offering, I just want to remind you, too, if you're not here personally, you can give online at dollar sign T-O-P giving. You can also give through adventistgiving.org or you can mail it in. And we know that God is going to bless you for your faithfulness. Let us pray before they pick up the offering. Loving Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege you give us to be faithful in tithing and offering. We thank you for the privilege you give us to be faithful in time, talent, temple, and treasure. Lord, we look forward to the closing scenes of earth's history when you shall appear in power and glory and take all of your spiritual Olympians back to heaven with thee. Bless this offering which is to be given, Lord, and the tithe. We ask and pray that it will be changed from a worldly use to a spiritual use to bless all those who are seeking your face. In the blessed name of Jesus, let everyone say amen. Amen.
Thank God for our praise team, our song of meditation ushered us into the presence of a holy God in his sanctuary, in his safety, his protection. My Lord, mm. you know, God is good like that. He's good like that. You know, for you to be able to worship the unseen God and still declare that he is real. I hadn't seen him. I hadn't physically put my hands on him, but I declare to you today, he's real. He's real. Thank you so much for that. Oh, my goodness. You know, as I look into the word of God today, um, I want to take a pause and step back. I don't want to change the, 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 the atmosphere because God is doing great things here at Tabernacle of Praise. Individuals are joining all the time. Amen. And we have one young lady that uh, she wasn't here. We wanted to wait for her to get here to share with the family of God of um, her coming over into the into tabernacle of praise. Uh, Sister Lavanda French, we praise God for you. Amen. In this place, this place of worship, this place of of fellowship. We welcome you to the family. Amen. And I ask that as we end the service, you can follow us as we greet you. Amen. With the right hand of fellowship. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to go ahead and keep that spirit of worship, that spirit of praise going. Um, turn over to the book of John. If you have that with you, um, you should have it on the screen. Amen. The book of John. We want to, we want to this in your in your hearing the book of John wait for you to get there uh, chapter chapter 19 we want to start with verse 28 and read down to verse 30 when you have it please stand with me in honor of the reading of the word of God John chapter 19 we want to begin with verse 28, and we'll read all the way down to verse 30. When you have it, say amen. 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 And the Bible declares in John chapter 19, verses 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Let you read verse 29. Let us read verse 30 all together. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Amen. I'm read verse 28 for you one more time. It says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. I thirst. Today we just want to talk a little bit on that topic, what are you thirsty for? What are you thirsty for? Let's bow our heads. Father God, again, we are so thankful. 
and so privileged and honored to be able to come to you on this platform. We thank you for tabernacling with us already. <laughs> Father, we bless you today. We honor you now. We ask that you will speak to us through thy word, for we know that your word um, is truth. Uh, forgive us again of our sins. We do pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. You may be seated. What are you thirsty for? We understand and know that our bodies are almost 70 percent water. But by the time we have the sensation of even being thirsty, um, it has been told that our body is somewhat a quart low already. Isn't it amazing that we need a physical reminder to help us recognize our own need? Jesus talks a lot about being thirsty, such as when he spoke to the woman at the well. Uh, if you remember the story, Jesus asked the woman to give him a drink. Uh, the woman responded, how is it that you, a Jew, asking of me, a woman of Samaria? And Jesus answered, if you knew who that it is saying to you, give me drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And he went on, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But, but, but those who drink of the water that I will give them, the Bible says, uh, uh, they will never thirst again. Uh, uh, their conversation continued, but, but, but Jesus, through uh, uh, this illustration, he demonstrated to the woman her own need, her own thirst, if you will. The woman recognized now, through that conversation, her own thirst, her own need. It's interesting to me that, that, that when Jesus asked the Samaritan woman to give him a drink, he uses the same word for thirst in the Greek as he spoke when he spoke it on the cross. I thirst. We could hear these words from the cross as Jesus finally showing us his human side. We could interpret these words simply as a part of Jesus's humanity. Uh, after all, he is suffering a physical death and experiencing all the pain that go into it. Uh, uh, Jesus recognizes our need for thirst. And he is simply thirsty. He simply cries out, I thirst. And we can reason this out because this is the coming, this is coming from the same man who remained, who remained silent throughout the whole trial. Silent through the beatings, silent through the laughter, silent through the last few days of mind-boggling torture. And perhaps he had his finally had enough of the silence and now on the cross he cries out, I thirst. 
But I submit to you that Jesus, though physically suffering, was not simply talking only about physical thirst. Uh, let's look at the verse from the Gospel of John. He says here, it says that after this, whom Jesus knew that when he knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill, the Bible says, the scriptures, he now cries out, I thirst. It's the phrase directly before those words that I want us to focus on. You see, Jesus seeing that, that, that all things were now fulfilled. And in order to make perfect the scriptures, Jesus says, I thirst. Do you see this? Uh, all things were complete. In, order, uh, in, in other words, his mission on earth was now fulfilled. The work he had to do on earth uh, is now finished. Uh, all, if, we, if we look back at Psalms 22 uh, or even Psalms 69, we can see even make sense now. It all comes together now that Jesus is simply referring to that phrase. But I believe also that Jesus always, they always the teacher, always the one to point the way, always the one to help us recognize our own need and the need of others had, to, had an additional purpose for choosing those two words. There was a reason, and I submit to you this morning, that Jesus was giving one final reminder, one final plea from the cross for you and for me to recognize what his mission was really all about. I believe also that Jesus was grieved, was giving us one last word, one last way to recognize our own need for a savior. One last way to recognize that, 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 that we are all truly thirsty. You see, the cross was not a simple event. Uh, Christ's death on the cross uh, is God's definitive response uh, to a fallen humanity. Instead of judgment, we find grace. Instead of retribution, God bestows redemption. Instead of punishment, Jesus embraces the suffering of humanity. And we see these relatively nuances in Christ's statement from the cross itself until his final breath uh, we see Jesus proclaims uh, forgiveness and salvation for all who would hear and all who would respond uh, even in his final words uh, Jesus thought about you and Jesus thought about me uh, if I can put a pause right there and help somebody out this morning that's why as we go through uh, our day to day uh, it behooves us to be mindful of that Jesus will never leave you and he will never forsaken you for after all uh, he used his final breath uh, to call out I'm thirsty thinking about your thirst and my thirst uh, that's why I asked the question today um, what are you thirsty for 
What are you thirsty for? This statement, I thirst, in some way seems to stand in contrast to his other statements as he hung on the cross. His cry, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. For example, it is obviously a prayer for forgiveness upon sinful humanity. Similarly, uh, his statement to Mary and John, uh, uh, behold uh, uh, your son, behold your mother. It simply implies uh, the creation of the Christian community. But yet the declaration of this thirst seems a little bit different. Uh, you see, the focus of the statement is not on the father above uh, or the crowd below, uh, but on himself as he hung uh, on the cross. Perhaps this is why his phrase is into, it, 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 it's such a mystery to many. Uh, Jesus says, I am thirsty, I thirst. So what exactly did Jesus mean when he declared, I thirst? Uh, our thirst, uh, uh, simply Jesus was thirsty. We understand that he was a man. Understand that he was a man and he was uh, uh, beaten and, 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 and bruised and, 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 that he, and that he was battered and, and that he went through a physical uh, uh, beating, a physical transformation. So I understand uh, as Jesus walked, uh, as Jesus went through uh, being beaten, carrying the cross, uh, uh, that, that thirst would be inevitable. I, I would have just imagined that as Jesus matriculated uh, uh, through those streets, uh, uh, down those corridors, uh, that his body was simply crying out uh, for some relief. Uh, that his mind was simply crying out uh, for a little bit of relief. So his plea for I thirst uh, was not just a physical thing, but I also submit that it was a spiritual thing. You see, we must understand, we must ask this question, uh, is this what Jesus was referring to when he uttered out these words, I thirst? Uh, we must recognize that this statement is in context, that it, it, that, 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 that it can be uh, attempting to see the pain of the cross as solely referring to the nails in Jesus' hands and, and in his feet. We must remember, uh, again, uh, that the cross uh, that, that, that uh, occurred only after he was prepared through the streets after he had went through uh, the beating after the Roman guards had slandered him after he had been spat upon uh, by the bystanders once this process had taken place humanity was now finished only then did he have nails driven through his hands but Jesus was depleted way before he got to the cross Sometimes we want to think that he cried out, I thirst because he hung on the cross. But I submit to you today uh, that thirst began to build up long before he reached the cross. You see, on the cross, Jesus hangs uh, in a position of self-sufficiation. In other words, he only, his only relief uh, from the physical pressure upon his lungs uh, is to hoist uh, his weight uh, upon his nail-scarred wrist uh, and on his feet uh, uh, as a as the hours began to pass by uh, crucified in a burning heat hot sun, uh, noonday sun this action would become more and more difficult uh, more and more hard uh, increasingly more and more painful and the Romans you see they designed this way of punishment for this very purpose. The cross was a means uh, to inflict as much pain as possible on the 
individual. So as Christ hung on the cross, Christ hung on the cross, Christ began to hoist himself up because his body was beginning to become depleted. He hoist himself up, not just for bread, a breath up for fresh air, but because his tongue was beginning to cling to the root of his mouth and, and, and there was no moisture for him to even formulate saliva and he cries out at this point uh, I thirst and so effective was this that the new term of this type of brutality uh, this it, it, the new term was excruciating literally means out of the cross you see, it is out of this place of physical exhaustion that Jesus declares uh, uh, his, his, his thirst. Uh, the hours spent in the sun, uh, coupled with the physical pain uh, that he was feeling, uh, would have created mild, uh, if not severe, dehydration. Jesus speaks of his own thirst, uh, not the thirst of someone else. It wasn't about the Father at this point. It wasn't about you or me, but it was about Jesus being thirsty. Jesus is physically thirsty. But the fact is that this fact is so important lest we deny the humanity. That's why we have to flush it out because it's so easy to jump over the physical and get to the divinity. It's so easy for us to, to uh, call on God as our heavenly, but we fail to realize that Christ walked with us physically, that Christ understands what you're going through. He, he understands how you're going through it. He realizes what it's like to be betrayed. He understands what it's like um, to be turned against. Uh, he realizes what it's like um, for all of these things. So it behooves us, my brothers and sisters, uh, that we don't overlook the humanity of God. That we realize uh, that Jesus was simply thirsty. And to believe anything different would set us in a position where we were misunderstand Jesus's purpose and Jesus's mission. You see, Jesus was flesh and blood like you and like me. Uh, he ate, he drank, he slept, he laughed, and he even wept. Uh, he suffered, he died. Uh, Jesus did not escape the crucifixion through some divine loophole. Uh, Jesus Christ, the very incarnation of God, uh, went to the cross. Uh, this is vital to our faith because it teaches us that Jesus enters the depths of human life. He To believe that Christ was somehow not on the cross is to believe that there is something about humanity that Jesus don't want to deal with. That's why we have to be careful and realize that Jesus experienced real death. That Jesus experienced real pain. That Jesus experienced real loneliness. And when we come to his humanity uh, we cannot play it down uh, and let divinity rise above it uh, because he was equally God uh, and he was equally man uh, one don't supersede the other but because of what Christ went through uh, it lets us know that we can go through it as well uh, what Christ experienced uh, tells you and tells me uh, that we can make it as well uh, no matter how difficult it may be uh, no matter how lonely the 
road may become. No matter how unbearable it seems like things may get. Because Jesus proved it on the cross. If he can cry out on the cross in his final hours of I thirst. Surely, surely you and I can make it to the next phase of our walk with God. Because surely he will put no more on me than what I'm able to handle. Surely that he will weigh it all out and deem it if I can handle it or not. So if you're going through it, if he brings you to it, he'll carry you through it. That's why we don't have to worry and we don't have to fret because my God has never failed us yet. He's there in the morning. He's there in the noonday. He's there in the evening. When the sun goes down, he's always there watching and caring and doing what he do because that's just what he does. He takes it off of you and he places it on himself. God understands us better. Oh, I feel my help right there. God understands us better than we understand ourselves. That's why we can get excited about going through the crucible and that's why we can now declare what I'm thirsty for. I tell you what I'm thirsty for. Can I tell you what I'm thirsty for? Oh, I wish somebody would ask me, what are you thirsty for? Somebody tell me, I wish I could hear somebody. I hear you, I see you, but I don't hear you. Oh, I see you, but I don't hear you. What are you thirsty for, Pastor? Well, I'm thirsty for the righteousness of God. I said, I'm thirsty for the holiness of God. I'm thirsty for the replacement of my sinful ways to God's righteousness. I'm thirsty for God's presence in my life. What are you thirsty for? What are you thirsty for? There are so many things out there that get us caught up. But I want to remind you today uh, that Jesus came with a purpose. So why did Jesus ask for something to drink? Well, let me, I'm glad you asked that question. You see, if we do not understand that Jesus was a full flesh and blood human person, then we have not fully understood the gospel. You see, yet Jesus wasn't, he wasn't uh, just another human being. While fully human, uh, Jesus was also fully divine. Jesus is the second person of the triune God. His presence on earth was God's very incarnation. In this way, Jesus is the anointed one of God, the agent of God's redemption and salvation. This is what we refer to when we use the title Messiah of Christ, uh, Messiah or Christ. Uh, when John records Jesus saying, I thirst, John adds that this was to fulfill scripture. Oh yeah, you missed it right there. Here John is referring to two passages found in Psalms. Uh, firstly, in Psalm 69, verse 21, which states, They gave me poison for food, uh, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Uh, this is exactly what occurred uh, in the gospel. Uh, and at the declaration of Christ's thirst, uh, the soldier, what did he do? Uh, he raises a sponge uh, soaked in sour 
wine to Jesus' lips. Uh, similarly, what, what we, we must uh, uh, understand what happened in Psalms 22, uh, which echoes that. Uh, what happens in John echoes uh, Psalms 22. Because uh, in Psalms 22, uh, uh, we come to the, uh, across another passage where Jesus cries out, uh, My God, my God, uh, why have you uh, forsaken me? Additionally, in verse 15, uh, it simply says that my mouth is dried up like a parched uh, and my tongue uh, sticks to the root of uh, my mouth. Uh, you lay me in the dust for death. Uh, and finally, in verse 18 uh, of that very same Psalms, uh, we read, they dry, they divide my clothes among themselves. Uh, and for my clothing, uh, they cast lots. Uh, this occurred uh, in John 19, uh, verse 24. Uh, this verse uh, and many others uh, prophesy a prophecy of life uh, to the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, so I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, uh, that as Jesus was laying um, on the cross, uh, as he was hanging um, on the cross, uh, and as he cried out, I thirst, uh, he was simply fulfilling scripture. Silent point in all of this is that Jesus did not come out of nowhere. Jesus is the very person to whom the Hebrew scriptures continually points to in reliving scenes from Israel's own past. Jesus declares that he is the way of redemption, the inaugural tour of salvation. Israel's anticipation of the Messiah is now firmly realized in the person of Jesus Christ. Full redemption is found in him and in him alone. Uh, thus declaring uh, his thirst is a fulfillment of the Old Testament scripture testifying that Jesus is the long awaited Messiah. And while we do not want uh, have time to go deep into that, we just want to simply remind you that Jesus fulfilled Israel prophecy history. Scholars have estimated that Jesus fulfilled roughly 400 of Masonic prophecies in his time here with us. So we understand that Jesus makes no mistake. Jesus was thirsty. But what are you thirsty for? You see, it's because Jesus thirst on the cross that he can, he, can, he, he can quench the deepest longings of our soul. It is because Jesus suffered rejection and cruelty that Jesus can offer healing for you and for me. It is because Jesus died on the cross that Jesus meets us in the place of death and transformation. It is the fact that Jesus, who died, not bare these truths uh, is of no use to us. If he had not went through uh, what he went through, uh, then there is no way possible that he can relate to what you go through and what I go through. Uh, if he had not experienced uh, the death in such a way, uh, then he would not be able to share with you uh, and deal with you on a level when that pain is so deep uh, that words cannot explain, uh, when the hurt is so unbearable uh, that it even painful for you to even think about it, when the trial become so overwhelming where it seems like there is no way I can turn and no place I can go but Jesus
Jesus' thirst uh, covers it all. Uh, Jesus is now saying uh, that because of what I went through, uh, I can now be able to bring you through it. Uh, so I encourage you as Jesus uh, hung on the cross. Uh, Jesus suffered bitter agony and darkness while covered uh, in our guilt, uh, in our sin, uh, and in our shame. Uh, when the act of purchasing uh, our redemption was complete, uh, nothing more was needed. Uh, and everything Jesus had come to do uh, on earth was now finished. Uh, the scriptures was fulfilled. Uh, Jesus' work was done. Um, the battle was over. The victory was won. Um, and all that God had purposed uh, and all that the prophets had for, uh, foretold uh, was now complete. Uh, and Jesus surrendered uh, himself unto death uh, because he now recognized uh, that it is finished. Uh, he says, I thirst. Uh, it is finished. Uh, I can now go close my eyes. Uh, I can now take my rest. Uh, I can now leave it up to the hands of, of my father because I've done everything uh, that I was called here to do. Uh, I've done everything uh, that, I, that I had to do. Uh, and so Jesus said, uh, I thirst. Uh, and from the cross because he wanted uh, his lips and his throat moist uh, to utter one more last thing. Uh, he wanted to utter one more last thing uh, because his mouth was dry. His throat was parched. Uh, his tongue stuck to the root of his mouth. Uh, and there was one more declaration uh, that Jesus had to say. Uh, but it seemed like it was overwhelming for him to speak. Uh, he couldn't seem to get his mouth right. Uh, he couldn't seem to get the words right. Uh, and so he had to cry out, uh, I thirst. Uh, I thirst. Uh, because there was one final thing uh, I need to let the people know. Uh, there was one last thing uh, I need to let the people hear. I thirst. Uh, oh, that's not the end of it. Uh, so when they tried to give him something to drink, uh, and we know that he didn't drink uh, the wine that was given to him, uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, but Jesus cries out, uh, I thirst. Uh, and then he musters out, uh, it is finished. Uh, you see, I thirst simply made the room a way up uh, for it is finished. Oh, I want to let somebody know today uh, that what you're going through, uh, it's finished. Uh, that what you're experiencing, uh, it's finished. Uh, it's all over with uh, because what God has done on the cross, uh, I know it's hard to believe uh, and I know it's hard to make sense. Uh, but if you just trust him in the midst of it, uh, if you just hold on to him in the midst of it, uh, if you can just hang on in there uh, just a little while longer, uh, then he that shall come will come uh, and he will not tarry. You see, the beautiful thing of it is, uh, is that there is no condemnation, uh, no judgment, uh, no shaking of the head uh, in, the, in disgust. Uh, and even though Christ knew uh, that we will fall sometimes, uh, he understood uh, that we will be thirsty after some things uh, that is not good for us. Uh, some of us are thirsty after some things uh, that is not good for us. Uh, I don't need to go through the list. Uh, I don't need to run it down. Uh, you know what it is. Uh, there are some things uh, that, that you are thirsty after uh, that is not pleasing to God uh, but in the beauty of all of that and uh, the beauty of that last moment uh, of our death in the depths of Christ's own words and uh, his physical suffering um, when all his work on earth was done um, these comes a, a, a moment where Jesus have to cry out uh, that it is finished uh, so if I can just help somebody as I'm about to take my seat uh, to let somebody know uh, that whatever you're thirsty for um, that it is finished um, that God has already covered it up that God has already dealt with it. Uh, oh, I'm going to sit down right here. That God has already 
dealt with it that God has already formulated. We just have to learn how to let go and let God. He piles stuff on us because he's trying to grow us. He'll pile stuff on you because he's trying to prove you. You think you got it going on. You think you got it made. You think you have it all intact. But God said, I got to show you just a little bit about who you are. So I put stuff on you. When you begin to buckle at your knees, that's who you really are. When you begin to fall face down and call on my name, that's who you really are. I just want to help somebody today to help you into a place and into a space where everything that goes on in your life, you'll be able to say that I'm it's making me more thirsty. When I see the troubles, I'm more thirsty. When I see the trials, I'm just thirsty. I'm thirsty for the presence of God. I'm thirsty for the longing of my Savior. So when the trouble shows up, I become thirsty. When my phone rings up and there's trouble on the other side, devil, I want you to know you're only making me more thirsty. Oh, I'm not dehydrated. I'm just thirsty. I want more of him. I want more of his presence. I want more of his time. I want more of his glory. I want more of his ambition. I want more of his ways. I want more of Jesus because every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I wish I had some help in here today that understood that every time the devil shows up, you ought to just get thirsty. You ought to say, I'm thirsty for you, Jesus. I'm not mad. I'm thirsty. You're making me want you more, Jesus. You're making me want you more. You're making me want you to to see you more, Jesus. That's what's happening. I want to see more, Sister Teresa. So when trouble shows up, it just simply lets me know that God is soon to come. Lonely days happen. Troubled times happen. These things come to make us and to help us. I know it doesn't make sense. I never can explain it. My, I, I, I've been preaching and teaching and talking, and, and it's like, Lord, it's just not making sense. But he says it don't have to make sense to you. You see, we've gotten to a place, family of God, where we want everything to make sense. We want everything to line up. We want to be able to figure it out. But that's not the way God designed it. That's not his plan for us. But if we can just lean on him, And trust him in the midst of it all. So what are you thirsty for? What is it that you're crying out in your last hours? Jesus saw us in this state. He saw us in this place. He understood that we would be in need of more than just physical. Physical is good. But how many of you know that there are some things that come upon us that no phone call will make you feel better? And I know our checking account, the little money that we have, it don't make you feel good. There are some things that we go through that the only thing that's going to help us through it is something of a spiritual nature. And if we turn our back on the one thing the one thing that can help us through this. How do you ever expect to make it? I get it. I get it. I understand. I didn't come right into the church at first. 
It took me a while. I probably would have came in sooner, but someone told me that my, my relationship with the God at that point wasn't real. I was of another denomination, of another faith, of another belief system, but I believe that God watched over me. And it wasn't just a belief that he watched over me. I know he watched over me. Because while I was out there and wasn't a part of the Adventist church, come on, help me, Lord. There were times, Sister Bev, I know I should have been killed. There were some things that I was off into. I know I shouldn't be here, but it was because... sister told me that, I just said, you know what, I don't want to have nothing to do with this church. So 10 years go by. 10 years when I could have been in here. I don't want nothing to do with this, with this, with this faith, with this, with this church. But I want to help somebody today and let you know that God hears you when you pray. And while I believe in the remnant and while I believe in the seventh day message and the seventh day Sabbath and I believe that this is God's true day of worship. I understand and know that God has sheep that is not of this fold. And it's so easy for us to get claustrophobic in one place and feel like if you don't look like me or talk like me or walk like me or act like me or move like me or think like me or eat like me or drink like me or do all of those things like me, then you're not right. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. I'm fulfilling scripture. I'm shutting it down. I'm closing it out. Everything that I came to do, I did it. I didn't leave no stones unturned. There's nothing where anybody can come back and say, Jesus, what about this? Or what about that? Everything has been laid out for you. And I would like to believe that if you're under the sound of my voice, you see, I'm not just an average preacher. I believe that as I stand before the people of God and as I speak the word of God, that, that God draws people to hear the word of God. And I believe that everyone, if you're online viewing this service, that God allowed you to attend this service because there is something God wants to do in your life. I just want to encourage you today to don't turn your back on God. Don't push him out like I did. Don't let somebody come along and steal your joy. Don't let somebody push you to the back when God is trying to pull you to the front. Don't let somebody speak down on, your, on, the, on the mission that God has for you and the plans that God has for you and the purpose that God has for you. Somebody here in this very building need to make a reconnection. You've been thirsty after the wrong thing and you want to now be thirsty after righteousness. 
If you want to be closer to God, if you want to be drawn closer, God just asks that you would stand on your feet. Is there one? Is there one? Amen. I see you in the back. Thank you so much. Somebody may say, I just want to have that, that, that relationship. I'm tired of being thirsty after the wrong things, like the woman at the well. I want to now be filled with, with, that, with that living water. If you're that person, I ask that you to stand on your feet. Is there one? Is there one? I see you. Thank you so much. Final appeal, if you want to make this in your place of worship, you online, if you heard those appeals that has gone out, I just ask if you can, even in your room, I can't see you, but you, but you know God sees you. I just ask that you would raise your hand. If you want to make this your place of worship, looking for a home, I want to open up these doors and give you that opportunity to make that happen. Is there one? Is there one? We serve a God that is able to do all things but fail. A God that sees the end from the beginning. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You can always trust him. You can always lean on him. I'm about to pray. I just want to give everybody that opportunity to make your calling and your election sure. Want to make sure that the doors are open and they will remain open. Even when we lock the physical doors, the, the spiritual doors will never close. So you can always reach out to us. You can always reach out. Father God, again, we thank you. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. Father, you see the commitments of the people of God that have taken their stands to be drawn closer to you, to thirst after righteousness, to thirst after those things that is pleasing to your heart. We ask, oh God, that you will seal the deal today. We ask that you will cover and keep. Do what you do in these last days, and we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen. And amen again. Give the man of God another amen. Were you blessed today? What are you thirsty for? I'm so glad that he showed us that Jesus is the thirst quencher, the original Gatorade. Praise the Lord this morning. And we ask the ushers come up and you're ushered out. And when the pastor goes out, you greet him. And we want Sister LaVonda French and Deacon Carlos Ford to stand beside them. And we give them the right hand of fellowship today. Amen. Amen. Let us stand for our benediction. Father God, truly our hearts have been blessed today, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we won't seek after those things that will not quench our thirst, Lord, but we'll seek after holy things, Lord, yes. after you. So we thank you for this word, Lord. Bless us and keep us, Lord. Till we meet next week, Lord, may the, may the God of peace be with you. 
forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.